here at Flynn Broadcasting. Welcome to the program. I'm your host, Kevin Sarita. We are live now. A little botched start there, but we are here. We are live at Flynn Broadcasting. Happy birthday, CJ Hurt. He's off today. It's his birthday. Uh, but filling in, we have Drew Barrett on the other side. What up, Drew? It's good that you're here today because coming up a little bit later on, we're going to have our Nell Annual Cerrito Live uh, Best Memphis Burger Fest qualifying matchup because they have their eating competition each and every year that that I get to MC with Dustin Five Star and where they eat slider in uh, burgers and you are you won last year our first ever live on the radio eating competition against CJ. You beat him. And yeah, but I also think CJ might have been. Giving it to me a little bit. You think think he might have thrown it? I think he did throw it. Because he didn't want to win, and and I can honestly understand why, because the winner did have to compete in the Burger Fest competition, which for someone who is a competitive eater is a great thing. For someone for like me and CJ, you know, we're not going to be able to hold our own. Best Memphis Burger Fest is next Saturday, so we're going to have our qualifying uh, eating competition here today. It's the play-in uh, competition for the tournament. But here's the problem. This year, Drew, you got to go through the defending champion. The defending champion will be in studio with us during the wrestling hour today. So it's the same guy I couldn't beat last year. Right. Mm. I so don't we'll like see. my chances. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We're going to have crystals delivered to us. I don't know if you can get crystals on Uber Eats, but that would be nice if you can. If they if they don't have crystals on Uber Eats, I don't know what, what they're doing over there at Uber Eats, to be honest with you. So that's coming up in hour number two. We'll be live on Facebook Live with that as well. Plus, uh, we will be joined during the wrestling hour by Scott Bowden, legendary uh, uh, Memphis wrestling announcer, former manager, uh, manager rather of Jerry the King Lawler. Uh, he was at No Mercy on Sunday in Los Angeles. He'll be with us. And Handsome Jimbo from Mempho, Handsome Jimmy Valiant, will join us because next week is also Mempho Fest uh, in Memphis, a festival named in honor of Handsome Jimmy. And I don't even know if he knows that it's named in honor of him, that this festival is even happening next week. But we were talk. We were going to talk to Handsome Jimmy in the wrestling hour today about Mempho Fest, which I talked to the founder of the festival the other night. And he he told me, like, he said, we named this festival after Handsome Jimmy. They're like, you, are you aware of this Memphis wrestling uh, guy named Handsome Jimmy? I'm like, yeah, I know who Handsome Jimmy is. And so he's going to be on the show today, and we'll see if Handsome Jimmy even knows that Memphis Fest is happening and what he thinks about it. So that's pretty cool. Also, Holly Whitfield is going to join us later on in this hour uh, with what we're loving in Memphis this month. But we tip off every show talking about your Memphis Grizzlies with our buddy Kevin Light from the Memphis Flyer, and he joins us now. <laughs> Come on! Sanity. Half amazing and all grizzly. Holy cow! What's up, Light? What is up? How's it going? All right, first things first. There is, uh, we can finally put the end to this question we've been asking on the radio every week since the 4th of July. And that is what's going on with Jamichael Green. He is signed with the Memphis Grizzlies finally this week. And it happened after Media Day, which was which was still like we thought for sure by Media Day it would happen. But it happened uh, just a little bit after Media Day. What are your thoughts on Jamichael Green signing? Uh, obviously, the Grizzlies needed it to happen. Was it smart for him to wait this long? I, you know, I don't think this is a good look for either side. Uh, it's just for that deal, I know pretty much for a fact that the deal that he took was on the table in July. So I'm not sure 
why it took eight more weeks for them to, to come to an agreement about it. So uh, whatever it's, it's over. He's on the team. It's a good thing that he's on the team because they, they really need him <laughs> uh, in that, in that front court rotation. So uh, yeah, it, uh, I, I, I think we, I just, I, it's baffling to me why it took that long, but I guess it is what it is. And he's on the team now. And so now, now we kind of, we're starting to see what the roster is really going to look like. Uh, that it does mean that they're going to have to cut somebody on a guaranteed deal before the end of camp or before the end of uh, the preseason. So more than likely, I still think that's going to be Jarrell Martin. But uh, you know, we'll see. We'll find out. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a it's a big signing. He's an important player for 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 them to be able to to fill some gaps in that front court. Um, and and yeah, it's, it's, I'm glad they finally figured it out. All right, we're talking with Kevin Leip from the Memphis Flyer. It was uh, it's a big week of, of Grizzlies news because it was media day or earlier uh, this week, and finally, Jamichael Green signed to the Grizzlies. So that was so. There's really two big questions that have been taken up the off season when you talk about the Grizzlies. One is, what are the Grizzlies going to sign Jamichael Green slash What's going to happen with Tony Allen? And the other big question is. Uh, the big question about Chandler Parson, like his health. What's his health? That's the biggest question of the entire season. Is there another looming question out there that we're not talking about? Because it just it just seems like uh, there's been so much focus on well, it's going to depend on what happens with Chandler Parson and when they're going to when are they going to sign Jamichael Green? What are the other questions out there? What are the other big questions I need to be pondering about the Memphis Grizzlies? I still think Parsons is the most important one. Uh, clearly, uh, the kind of player he's going to be this year is going to determine a lot of things about. Um, you know how how versatile this team is, and what sort of offense they're going to be able to run. And you know, I I, I think to to pretend that that you know to pretend that everything's going to be uh, exactly back to what he was, say in Houston, is uh, maybe that I think that's the wrong expectation. I don't think fans should expect that. Um, but it does seem you know they do seem pretty optimistic about what he's going to be able to contribute. So uh, I, I still think that's the biggest question. Um, you know, to me, another question is going to be, you know, does the does the depth at the wing position because they, this is a pretty deep rotation at the at the two and three spot really um, is that going to it's it's almost definitely going to be better than what they've had before, right? I mean, Tayshawn Prince, I love Tayshawn Prince. He, you know, was on the downslope of his career. Uh, say what you will about Jeff Green, he was not very good. So, you know, they're going to have better wing play than they have in a long time, pretty much by default, just because they have enough good players to do that. But, you know, I think, is it going to be enough to get them over the hump of not not having Zach Randolph uh, down low, not having Tony Allen's kind of perimeter defense? Are it, are those guys going to be good enough to, to actually shift the way this team plays away from what it's been, or are they just going to struggle more? I mean, you're not. You haven't factored in the fact that this is the first season they're playing with this new scoreboard too. Life now, that could be a big factor. Yeah, scoreboards. Scoreboards do have a lot to do with the encore performance. So that's, <laughs> that's a good point. All right, so take us back to media day the other day because I mean, I probably could have been there, but most of our listeners they're not allowed into media day. You got to you got to be a media member to be there. Uh, you're talking. You're asking lots of questions, um, and really, it seems like it was just a few days ago. It seems like a while ago now. I don't know why uh, the media day actually happened, and there was lots of conversation, of course, about uh, taking a knee, taking a knee. And whether or not the Grizzlies, any of the Grizzlies players, would be taking a knee—that's what I got out as the, being the number one question everybody was asking. Um, 
more so than even like is Chandler Parsons knee even healthy enough to take a knee um is what was the big story come out of media was it that was it just because that's fresh on everybody's mind because of what happened last weekend uh in professional sports or did we learn anything else that was definitely the number one question um you know everybody was trying to get their quotes from the guys about whether they were going to protest or not um you know it was it was literally the first thing they do is media day. So like a lot of the guys had just gotten into town. It wasn't um, you know they hadn't had like a team meeting to talk about it or anything like that. So it was it was kind of premature for them to even uh, have made a decision about what they were going to do if they are going to do anything. Now we've since seen that the you know the league has encouraged players to stand in a memo, but um, you know that that was clearly the hot topic of the day. That's what everybody wanted to get their sound bites about. Uh, and that really dominated the conversation. Every single player was asked political questions. And um, you know, if you, I, I said this on Twitter immediately after. You know, if you're if you're a stick to sports person, this this season is going to be your worst nightmare because there's just no escaping uh, this. There's no escaping this culture of um, politicizing everything. So uh, I, I, it's going to be a long year uh, in terms of that, but. You know, the other thing people were asking, obviously, was Bandler, because a lot of people have seen, a lot of guys who were there have seen him play pickup games, they've played with him, they've been around him a little bit this summer, and, and they were asked to comment on it, and, and everybody was pretty positive. I think um, Conley said something about seeing him drive the lane and dunk on two people, and he wasn't sure he did that before he got hurt. Um, you know, so the, generally, it was really optimistic tone about Parsons and about having him back and what that's going to mean and that, and that kind of thing. So, you know, I think that was, those are definitely topics one and two. Right. This is, and that's, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to get, I get tired of the, the Chandler, I guess the Chandler Parson thing, really, we're going to get some answers to that questions very soon, right? Like, um, we finally oh, yeah, got the Monday. answer to, to Jermichael Green, and Monday we should get some answers to Chandler Parsons, or there's going to be new questions that will spin off of it. Like, why is he not playing more or why? Because uh, there's, there's going to be, like, how many minutes is he going to play in the preseason? Yeah, and that's going to be, you know, we're not going to determine anything, uh, certainly not in the first preseason game, but it is going to be instructive. Um, it is going to be instructive to see him on a basketball court against another team, not in a scrimmage, um, to see him, you know, trying to figure out what his body can do and can't do. I, I do think that's instructive. I do think seeing him on a court, seeing how he moves, seeing what he looks like, um, you know, there's a lot of talk about how NBA writers don't uh, don't rely on the eye test anymore, and they're always looking at their advanced stats and that kind of thing. But I, we're all using the eye test. You know, it, it does tell you a lot to see a guy on the floor and see what he looks like, see how he moves, uh, what his awareness is, that kind of thing. You can learn a lot from just watching a guy, even in preseason. So I, I do think uh, we're going to start finding some things out pretty quickly. All right, Kevin Lives joining us for some Kevin Sanity. He joins us every week in the eleven on oh, no, the ten o'clock hour. It used to be eleven o'clock hour. We're on earlier now. I got to remind myself that sometimes uh, early on Saturday mornings. Okay, so we've talked about your post. If you go to memphisflyer.com, which I recommend you do, you can uh, check out uh, Lipes' uh, most recent post about Media Day. It's his roundup um, about what happened, some picks, some thoughts on what's going on, Chandler Parsons' health, the big story. Uh, it's been the big conversation. For for quite some time about the Memphis Grizzlies. And, of course, Jermichael Green. Uh, finally, that mystery has been solved. And then you have a section about uh, Fisdale's Summer of Reflection. What is what is uh, that all about? Yeah, um, so David Fisdale, had, 
talked about what he kind of did this summer to improve. Um, <clears throat> you know, first year coaches always make mistakes, always have things they can they can learn from and improve on. And uh, he basically spent his summer going around and talking to different coaches who he knew would be straight with him uh, and asked, you know, what what was I bad at? What can I do better? Where can I improve? I think that uh, was pretty impressive, and it, it definitely explains why he was hanging out with Larry Brown at Summer League. You may remember those pictures. Um, he definitely counts Pat Riley as a mentor. I'm sure he talked to Pat Riley, too. But he's he's got a really good circle of, of coaches around him, older coaches, experienced coaches. Uh, and he spent the summer kind of learning from them. And, and I thought I was really impressed by his um, his recognition that last year he tried to force leadership, right? He came into training camp uh, saying that he wanted Mark Gasol to be the leader on the team and to uh, take command of the team and, and step up into that role. And that's, you know, that's never been Mark's role. And I think Mark struggled with that. A lot of his kind of mental issues last year could be attributed to the fact that he was trying to deal, he was either trying to deal with or rebel against being put in that role without necessarily that suiting him. And Fisdale tried to force that issue. And, and I think it's, I think it says a lot about him that he's willing to publicly admit that he was wrong about that. Right. Okay. We're, we're talking with Kevin Leip. We're going through what happened at, at Media Day. And that, of course, segues easily on your post into the Marc Gasol uh, section of your post and also this conversation. It's like Marc Gasol trade talk. So this is, is this the other big story? Because I'm, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out in the NBA, the big story is going to be, anthem protest and really it's going to die off and come back into the news based on what the president is tweeting right because most of the protests last weekend of the taking the knee was in response to president donald trump today he's going after the the mayor of san juan puerto rico uh so we're not really a great look it's a great look for him (laughs) so really the person he should be he should be getting on today so that's where that's where the attention is kind of drifted to. It'll be fascinating tomorrow in the NFL to see if any team does does anything. Uh, that definitely will not be on the scale I would would think of what was last week because it was a response. And do you think I'm getting off track because I wanted to talk about Marcus Gasol, but now I'm just thinking about this. Like I do think players in the NBA will get back involved. I mean, LeBron James got one of the most retweeted tweets ever this week. Um, that they will get involved when they have to, when they when they feel like they need to respond to something. But I think once it kind of dies back down, and it, something's got to happen, right before we see again, right? It's just so because the news cycle is so constant. There's always a new thing every day, and it gets distracting um, from the protest. Do you do you think we got to have a, something else happen, right? Some other comment from from the president or some other incident to happen in the country for NBA players to really start uh, taking these? I don't expect any next week. Uh, do you? No, I don't, especially now that the the owners met and put out a memo saying, please don't do this. Uh, you know, maybe maybe that will be what inspires them to do it, uh, just to be defiant. But, I, you know, I don't know. I, it The pro, the protest of the NFL last week is kind of an example of, you know, uh, that's, the original purpose of taking a knee was not to protest the president or whatever dumb stuff he's saying at the moment, right? It was, it was very specific. It was about police brutality. Uh, and, and oppression of people of color uh, by police. That's specifically right. what that protest was about. And last week it was not about that at all um, because Trump managed to make it about him because that's his main motivation for everything is to make it about him. So, uh, you know, I, I do think <laughs> that whatever happens at the NBA, it's, gonna, it's hard, right, because 
at this point, if you if you do it, if you if you do it, you're you're playing into into making it about him. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the, the solution is there. I mean, they're, they're kind of falling into that falling into that trap. Are you, are you saying like like what should what should they have done in the NFL last week? Because they had to respond. And yeah, they had to respond. I I think they should have all knelt. You know, yeah. I think going out there with your arms locked in the display of unity is like that's not what it's about, right? It's yeah. like it's it's like people point to Dr. King and his "I Have a Dream" speech. Well, yeah, he did have a dream, and he also pointed out all the ways that that dream was not being met, and the ways that things needed to be changed. You know, it wasn't just about dreaming of a better world; it was a concrete plan of action for changing the conditions of life for people of color in the United States of America. It's not, it's not about having a dream. It's not about uh, this vague concept of unity. It's about specific things that need to be better now. Uh, and, and the further the protests get away from that, the further it all gets away from that, the less meaning it has, and the more it becomes about whatever the president is doing on Twitter to distract from the fact that, you know, millions of people in Puerto Rico are in are, um, because he took his eye off the ball. I love uh, every time we bring up Trump, man. You just go, you go, you 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 make sure whatever you're saying, you go back to it. It's it's it's, it's great. It's fantastic. I love it. Um, <laughs> it's important, right? I mean, yeah. we have to be real about what's happening here. We're it does no good to get up here and talk about. Oh yeah, every team should should lock arms in the display of unity. Let's think about what we're really doing. Let's think about what that's really about. You know, you, you got to understand the ground rules of the game. It really, it, 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 yeah, because it is fascinating because it's changed. Because it, last Sunday became in the NFL about about let's show that we're unified, and if the president calls one of us an sob, we got to show them that we support each other and that you can't do that. And that's what right. last Sunday was was more about. Instead of saying like, you know, we can we can kneel if we want to kneel because uh, this is an important issue, so let's kneel. Instead, there was more. Hooking the arms, yeah. like you said, and just trying to yeah, make it about called, the NFL. It was more about the NFL and Trump more than it was about the actual uh, reason that Colin Kaepernick started this to begin with. Exactly. Trump called Ka- Kaepernick an SOB because Kaepernick was kneeling to protest the fact that uh, people of color are killed by police officers at a disproportionate rate and often for no reason and, and get away with it. That's what he was protesting. If any Any... Any move to move the conversation off of that topic is a move uh, in Trump's favor. Right. And that's what kind of happened last week. And so we'll, I mean, we'll see. It really is fascinating that it's kind of all become about knee or not knee. And now you talked about this as well. And I saw some stuff in the, in the commercial appeal from, from Chris Harrington uh, about how it's the focus is so on the knee and it's becoming just, distracting from the actual topics uh, that were out there before, even more so than ever before. It's like the only way that you can speak out is by taking a knee during the anthem or uh, something similar to that, which is also not true. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's what our, it's what our news cycle does with everything. It's what our, it's what TV, (laughs) it's what TV news in general kind of does, right? It simplifies everything to, uh, the easiest little bite to understand, and then feeds it to people so they don't have to think about it. But okay, but so we can. Last thing on this, we don't want to talk much more about this right now. But but it was a big topic in media day, and it and it and the big thing saying Fizdell said he would take a knee if his team wanted to take a knee, and that um, it's is interesting and good to know, and still also makes me really wonder 
how the Grizzlies, like, I really want to see something, uh, a different twist, Martin Luther King Day come in January, right? On how, uh, just a twist. They do a great job every year honoring and, and having a conversation, but I'd like to see something. And I don't know what it is. I can't tell them what it is. I have no idea. But I'd like to see some type of twist because the Grizzlies, back on national TV this year for Martin Luther King, can really do something with that yep. time that they have. And whether or not they will or not, because they are still a, just a big corporation that also was part of, I guess, the letter to the players, right? <laughs> uh, saying, please yeah. don't kneel. Well, Fisdale specifically referenced um, MLK Day as, as you know a time that the franchise that was really trying to do something positive in a way that they haven't even, you know, to, trying to basically take that to a new level of uh, effectiveness and a new level of, um, you know, benefit to the community. He specifically referenced that as something they're trying to do this year. So I, I definitely, uh, I think that's worth keeping an eye on because I do think they'll, they'll have some good things on, on tap for that. All right, let's. Uh, so we got distracted by that. I wanted to ask about Margasol. Why are we getting these Margasol trade rumors at the very beginning of the season here? Uh, because it became a thing this summer when the you know Celtics Twitter and Celtics sources were leaking to Chris Mannix that they wanted him and that kind of thing. I, it it's just going to be a thing, basically because he's a good player in the last two three years of his contract. He's the best center in the league. If the Grizzlies are having a down year, he becomes the obvious uh, obvious candidate for them to move to a contender. Um, you know, I, it makes sense. This is the first year it's ever kind of been talked about out in the open like that. Um, right. But nobody seems particularly interested in that. Uh, I think Chris Wallace said nobody's untradeable, but, you know, that's not really what we're looking for. So, um, But it could be, like, this could be conversation that picks back up pretty quickly, right? I mean, if the so if the Grizzlies have an awful start to the season, nobody's going to be asking to fire Fizzell, I don't think, because I think we believe enough with what he did last year. Usually if a team has a bad start, right, it's like the coach becomes the focus, you get rid of the coach and you bring in somebody new. It doesn't seem like that's what's going to happen and that there could be lots of should the Grizzlies start trading uh, Mark and then maybe Mike, right? Is that what's going to happen? Like this team's not going to be able to make the playoffs, so what are they going to do? Uh, that that will become the conversation if they get off to a bad start. Yeah, I definitely think that'll be the conversation, especially nationally, because that's you know, like I said, that's a, that's kind of the one thing. Now that you can't talk about the Grizzlies being grit and grind and Zach Randolph's miraculous turnaround, uh, what are you going to talk about? Well, they should trade Marcus Paul. That's that's definitely going to be the national storyline, which is not um, that preposterous. He is approaching. He is not only the. the the best player on, on on the Grizzlies, the best center in the NBA, but he's approaching the age in which Pau Gasol, his brother, started his decline uh, from being as dominant. So you do have to wonder if you're the Grizzlies, like, do you want a declining Mark Gasol or do you want to try to do something with it? So yeah, it could, I can definitely yeah. see that being a conversation. The playoff game, the, the last playoff game, the Grizzlies getting eliminated from the playoffs. Greg Gaston, immediately after the game, Greg Gaston, who holds down this time slot during the week, uh, said to me, he's like, I think we're going to have to trade Marc Gasol. I mean, it's like, it, it's something that that people have been thinking about uh, kind of in the back of their mind because that is what's next. But I hope they can build on around them and figure out something. But anyway. Uh, yeah, and that's what they're doing. I think, you know, that what's going to happen is if they're – if it's December or January and there are several games under 500 and really struggling, then – the the murmurs are going to become a whirlwind, right? And 
and it's all really based on it goes back to Chandler Parsons at the end of the day. Pretty much. And uh, lots of lots of lots of uh, interesting stuff that all happened because the Grizzlies tip off preseason on Monday. Monday's the first game. Really? Monday's the wow. first game. All right. Um and so if you want to read more, you can go to memphisflyer.com, check out the Beyond the Arc blog, read what uh Leip wrote there. He's also uh, a guest on the uh, Chris Harrington's podcast this week. Thanks for the shout-out on there, Life. That's real great. I love how you said, oh, yeah, you know, I'm on every Saturday, too. You can listen to more. That was a great plug. <laughs> did I, I have no idea if I actually said that or not. You did not plug. You did not plug us at all. <laughs> I don't think I plugged thing. my own podcast, which is going to start back up here soon. Well, yeah, when does that yeah. start back up? I'll give you a chance to plug that. Yeah, well, it's going to be starting back up maybe this week, maybe next week. Um, Bill was volunteering down in Florida. The Beyond the Arc podcast. Subscribe to that wherever you get your podcast. All right. Before we let you go, we got to talk about what's trending in uh, Memphis this week. Not only does Light write about the Grizzlies for the Flyer, he also is their digital manager. And we like to talk about what's twin- trending on their social media and on their website. So let's do that now. Trending. Trending with Light. What's trending, Light? <laughs> Uh, what is trending is Michael Donahue's video with the pie lady at Bozo's Barbecue uh, in Mason, Tennessee. That has become our most watched Facebook video of all time. So you should go to the Flyers Facebook page uh, and check out that video by Michael Donahue. Um, she makes some good pies, and she, it's kind of a like a DIY how-to. She, he sat there all day while she made a whole bunch of pies and filmed it, talked to her about it. Uh, I cannot remember her name now. I looked at it just before I came on the air. Um, yeah, it's, it's a pretty cool video. She's, uh, it looks like some good pie. He didn't bring me any, so I can't comment on whether it was good or not. But yeah, uh, food stuff always, people love our food coverage, and especially when it's of, uh, you know, homemade pie that takes hours to make. So go check it out. This, uh, I watched it this morning because when you told me it was the most popular video and, and, it just doesn't seem. I don't think she's going to become the latest virus viral video star. I just doesn't doesn't seem like that. Uh, there was no. no but there it was does no make audio. you want to go up there and get some pie. It did make me want to get some pie, but there was like no sound on that. How did thirty thousand plus watch this video? This is by far y'all's most popular video of all time, and it's about pie. Yeah, I guess people love pie. Uh, I can't complain about pie. Bozo's Barbecue in general, I don't know if you've been up there. That is, that is some good barbecue. You've been there? Where is it? Oh, yeah. It's in Mason. Uh, so it is. No, it's, all, it's all, actually. It's called Bozo's Barbecue? It's a top five. Bozo's, yeah, Have you been Bozo's there? Bozo's Barbecue. It's Dr- good. So where is it located? Uh, it's in Mason, Tennessee, which is also the birthplace and the home of the original Gus's Fried Chicken uh, in yeah. Mason, Tennessee. So you just go out. Uh, it's on 70. So you just go out. Summer Avenue until it turns into Highway 70. goes all the way to Mason. Uh, about, I don't know, 40 minutes, 45 minutes from, from the edge of Memphis. And, uh, yeah, there's Bozo's Pit Barbecue. There's the original Gus's. It's actually not the original Gus's, but the uh, the original Gus's burned to the ground. But it's like a, there is still a Gus's in Mason. It's the original site of the original yeah. Gus's of some sort. It's the site of the original Gus's with a uh, with a newer building to replace the one that burned. But yeah, but Bozo's is there too. It's on the other side of the highway. When did that um, building burn down, for that Gus's? Was, did that Gus's burn bef- before or after the Memphis location opened? Oh, it was after the Memphis one opened. Okay, so that's why Memphis, though, we can kind of really le- legitimately say that this is like the old, the, the Gus's is the one downtown because is the oldest one in operation. 
in the same location. In the, the same there. location, but I mean the, the Mason one is the original one. It it's fascinating forever. that we've kind of stole, we've kind of like stolen that from Mason, Tennessee. We act like Gus's is ours. It's really Mason, Tennessee, but Mason's they're in the TV five viewing area, so they count as Memphis. But most, yeah, and I grew, you know, yeah. I grew up out in Bartlett. My my dad and I would would go out to Mason to get Gus's. Uh, oh wow, that's that's the one that we kind of. Would always go to. So, so Bozo's that's, Barbecue, that's still my all the servers are dressed as uh, Bozo the Clown, right? Is that how that works? Uh, yeah, that's correct. You get, clown, uh, clown. you know, tickets to, tickets to Cubs games on WGN. <laughs> the grand prize game played. Instead of cornhole, they got a grand, grand prize game in the backyard. What uh, – Okay, what do I order there when I go to Bozo's? Because I'm going to make this. I'm going to make this trip, and I'm going to get the pie. Obviously, we got to get the pie. I, I haven't had ribs there. Their pulled pork is really good. Yeah, pulled pork. No, the ribs are probably good too. I have not had them, but they're. I'm sure they're good. It's all good. Just get I've had pork. the ribs. They're top notch. I, I definitely would yeah. put Bozo's in a. I, honestly, a top five barbecue restaurant in the Memphis area. Drew Drew is a barbecue yeah. uh, connoisseur, and he travels around uh, eating barbecue. I, I, I can't argue with that. It's really good. I, you know, for ribs, I'm, I'm a I'm a glazed rib at barbecue shop partisan, so it, it, nothing really comes close to that for me. But um, yeah, they're the pulled pork at Bozos is good. Now, I honestly, I I'm kind of more of a cozy corner and pain guy. I kind of like the chopped. Uh, so I, you know, pulled pork is uh, it's still good, but I, I'd almost rather have a chopped barbecue shop does chopped too. Um, but, you know, maybe I'll get driven out of town for that. But those well, are all available no. at places is in that, Memphis. So. Is that a thing? People, you have to you have to like pulled. I think pulled and chopped are totally acceptable as a Memphian. I think you can like it either way. Drew's not making a face. What do you mean? I think It's you, more pulled. Yeah, but you can get it chopped. You can, but you kind of have to ask for it chopped. No, I mean, it, it costs extra to get pulled pork at the barbecue shop. Honestly, I think the difference is black-owned places and white-owned places. Cozy Corner, Payne's, and, and Barbecue Shop are, are all black-owned businesses. All right. Well, maybe maybe that's what it is. So, oh, Drew, what's your top five then barbecue? Because you're, you're bragging that you, you know that you're putting Bozo's in your top five. I put five. Bozo's number- in my top five. My number one favorite is One and Only. Oh, wow. Okay. Um. Just because of the name, it's one. One's in the name, so they're number one. Well, no, I, I think all around they've got probably top banana five pudding. Ribs. There's good. I'd watch that video on the yes. Memphis Flyers. Desserts how they are, make that banana pudding. Desserts are great. I uh, love their ribs. The thing that made actually makes one and only my number one favorite isn't ribs, pulled pork, anything that it's their Brunswick stew. That's what makes their one and stew? only their Brunswick stew. Well, how does that impact your barbecue? Rating? Because it's—I it, mean—it's barbecue vegetable soup, basically, and it's just okay. the best. I need to try it. Brunswick stew I've ever had. It's getting a little chilly out. Sounds good. Like your number one's barbecue shop, right? I think we've talked about this. Uh, my number one rib is barbecue shop. My number one sandwich is Payne's. Okay. Um, a jumbo from Payne's with hot sauce. Uh, their bean, uh, the beans and the sandwich at, at Payne's are was- like that's. That's my number one. But if I'm getting ribs, I'm going to barbecue. What's your order at Payne's? I get a I get a large sandwich um, oh. with the hot sauce, um, and that's I mean that's kind of it. That's all you got to order. <laughs> it comes with some bright some bright green slaw on it. Uh, I like their beans a lot. The uh, yeah, and what won the what won the Flyer Awards? 
I, I, it's hard always for me to pick my favorite barbecue, and it kind of depends, like you said, what you're what you're in the mood for. And you can't and never you can never go wrong with barbecue shop on Madison. Never go wrong with whatever yeah. whatever the person's in the mood for, from barbecue spaghetti to a, to a pulled pork sandwich to a chopped uh, barbecue uh, sandwich. To, I had I, I had barbecue sandwich uh, barbecue spaghetti from the barbecue shop for dinner last night. Oh wow. Um, to the ribs, everything is good there. All right, uh, what, what won the Memphis Flyer Best of Memphis Best Barbecue? Was it Barbecue Shop? Uh, I feel like it might have been Central. Central? Yeah. Hey, I like Central. Which is Central. not my favorite barbecue place. It might be my favorite hot wing place. Oh, their wings are good. Okay, so go watch this video. Uh, and so when you go out to Bozo's, you can get that caramel pie, or you can make it at your house if you watch this viral video. At the Memphis Flyers Facebook page, witness pure cooking finesse as Catherine Perry demonstrates how to make her caramel pie at Memphis Flyers uh, Facebook page. All right, Live, thanks for joining us. We're off next week for SEC football, so we will uh, talk to you in two weeks. All right, I'm, I'm really hungry now, so yeah, me too. talk to you guys later. All right, well, all right, you should come by in studio. We're having a, we're having a, a crystal eating competition a little bit later on. All right, before we go to break, uh, we do need to uh, give a shout-out to our friends over at Smoothie King. Drew, have you grabbed one of these smoothies yet? They brought us some uh, very fall smoothies, and they're, they're not just fall-like, but they're, they're, they're good for you. Have you had one yet? I did try it. It's an it's an immune builder pumpkin spice smoothie. So pumpkin spice, everything's pumpkin spice now, right? Uh, pumpkin spice spice smoothie. This is delicious. Not only is it good, but it's an immune builder. Tastes great. It's good for you. Uh, so big thanks to our friends over there at Smoothie King in Carrierville. They also have uh, they have the drive through at the Carrierville location. Now there's also the one in Germantown, and they're just now opening up in North Mississippi. Um, a location as well. Smoothie King, be good to yourself. Locations all over the city. But if you're looking for, because this is that 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 time of year where you can still uh, like it's still kind of warm enough where you can get your iced coffee or your smoothie and and take a nice walk outside. It's perfect. And pumpkin spice, pumpkin spice is of course the flavor of the fall. All right, we're gonna take a quick time out. We'll be right back. We got lots more show to go. You're listening to uh, Serena Live here on Sports 56 and 87.7 FM. 